this is just it's it's just so stupid that any I I just uh, yeah I, I I'm fucking flabbergasted. Clearly I'm flabbergasted. I the 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 expanse of stupidity of this thing and the insult of of against the individual and the family unit for people of color or specifically African Americans is just it's fucking insane and and loaded like your holidays uh, based on the founders of the country yeah sorry but black people get president's day off too should should we get a fucking harriet tubman day yeah fucking we probably should yes we probably should uh, now i'm pissed you woke me up you woke me up from my calm i had a whole week of calm and you you fucking ruined it you ruined it don I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of literateape.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. Man. How you doing, Davey? I'm I'm fine. I've had kind of a mellow week, I guess. Um, but like, it, I'm, I'm sort of like lulled into this after all the craziness of work and just everything else. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I found this this lull, and it's it's put me in this kind of catatonic state, which is quite nice. Wow! Like, so you're going into Canada as the world is burning yeah. from pandemic to record heat and climate change. Yep. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the the bizarre racial Marxism of postmodern critical racial theory yep. is taking over universities mm. and the New York Times and all this. You are you are you're lulled. I, I, yeah, it's been, uh, it's nice. It's been really nice. Like, I've just had a week of quiet and not giving a shit. Um, like, the biggest news that I absorbed this week was that Ivanka Trump likes beans, I guess? Do you know where that came from? The bean Uh, thing? Nah. The president, the guy that owns Goya Beans. Yeah. Oh, yes. On the Rose Garden, yeah. praised Donald Trump, and so they decided, the, the, you know, the people that went, you know, hate Donald Trump more than anything in life, yeah. decided to go online and, and try to boycott Goya beans, and so they're trying to say, no, Goya beans are fine. And, you know, I like what Julian Castro said on NPR. He said, you know, we live in a country where you can support whatever con- candidate you want. We also live in a country that if you support a candidate that I hate, I don't have to buy your fucking beans. He didn't yeah. say it that way. That's yeah. my paraphrase right. of Julian Castro. That's the whole but, thing. Know, I mean, like, I guess the fine. issue is that, you know, Ivanka broke the law because in the position she's in, she can't endorse a product, and that was a clear well, endorsement. Oh, but yeah, they're all, who, they're like, all doing so it. So fucking what? Like, what else haven't... I mean, they've, well, yeah, exactly. They've, he's, and? The man's been impeached, and come on. Yeah, know, they, they've done shit. all this shit. Well, it was funny because... Uh, um, have you seen the Jim Jeffries uh, Intolerant Netflix special yet? No, but I love Jim oh, Jeffries. It's one of my one of my one of my six things. But one of the things he makes a bit, he does a bit about how weird it is 
that there are certain ethnicities that will, uh, his bit is basically he hates Italians. I mean, mm-hmm. he goes on, and the reason he hates Italians is because, and his joke, he does it way better than I'll do it, but it's like that they will, they will say certain things in an Italian accent that they don't need to. Right. Sort of like, oh, yeah, you're going to like all this stuff, and then we're going to add a little mozzarella. Right, and, yeah. you know, And so he does that. That's the bit. And I, you know, and I thought it was very funny in the, watching the show. And then uh, I'm listening to this Julian Castro uh, interview so, on NPR. Yeah. And the woman, who's a white woman, is speaking normally, and she, they're talking about you know the Latin vote and talking about Latinas and the, and she every time she says and I I'm driving I'm going to pick up Dana and every time she says Latinos she says it Latinos, Latinos. yeah Latinos you know yeah. and I thought and at first I heard it and I went are you kidding me really and then she did it like five times and by the time I got to pick up Dana I was like motherfucker yeah and I thought. I thought, who does it? And I thought, okay, what kind of bizarre patronizing thing is that? It'd be, it'd be, hey, Dave, I want to go watch some classic Criterion films today. I think I'm going to watch some Kurosawa. And, right. you know, you know, it was like, or, or Godot. You know, I you know, or maybe I'm going to watch some Steven Spielberg. I, right, mean, I was going to say, or you're going to watch some Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Or, yeah. It's like I, I love, I, I love the the films of Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't we don't go. Hey, you know who's completely kicked the COVID? New Zealand. You know, whatever. You know, I, it's like what the fuck is that? I really like. Um, I don't get it. The the that method. What is her name? Uh, Maria Kondo. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's that she's yeah. It's I've always had an issue with this. So what is From, that? I is it code switching? Is that what code switching is? No, that's not what code switching What's is. Code the, switching. You, White people don't code switch. Black people code switch. But can't people? No. If you're like, okay, no, no. Well, White, right. Black <laughs> people. <then. laughs> black people code switch. Code switching is that that black people talk one way with a specific vernacular and accent when they're among each other. Yeah, you know they, when they're their family and they're their friends, I guess. But then when they go to with the workplace and the white, they speak more white. You know that's code. I, that's code switching. I think it's a way to uh, just get relate, a fucking and, job. And, and well, I think it's just an acknowledgement of this is how the locals pronounce it. For example, um, you don't call it Nevada because that's not what the locals call it. The locals call yeah. it Nevada. It's Nevada. Yeah. Um, okay, I get that. You I can get, say, well, see, the thing is, I get Louisiana that, instead of Louisiana. You, so but you get, sound like a you sound like a and, dick bag when you do and that. The thing, and the thing, if you is, don't have you, the actual accent, if your name is Julian Castro, and that's how you pronounce your name, I pronounce my name Julian Castro. You know, you're gonna say it uh, like he says his name. You're not gonna go Julian Castro. No, but you can say Julian Castro. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to you don't have spin to the, accent the accent on it, right? Right, because you I don't just, have that like, accent, so you sound like so, a, yeah. Well, it's so it's almost like SNL making fun of NPR, and it's like they're doing it. They're, yeah. they're actually doing it. I, just, I, I thought that I've, was shocking. I've long had this problem. It bugged me when I was when Jada De Laurentiis from she's Food Network cooking star De Laurentiis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she first came on the scene on Food Network, and I had this huge crush on her. Um, so I would watch her all the time, and she would do that same thing. She would be talking normally in her. You know, LAX, whatever, she, wherever she, I think oh, yeah, she's whatever from LA. it is. Um, 
And then she would say mozzarella. And it's like, wait, what? Or she would go spaghetti. And it's like this weird dropping it in. Like, why is there no other accent throughout everything else you're saying? And does that count as appropriation or not? I think it it counts as just being fucking annoying. It's just. Well, yeah, that was. My That's expect, it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my thing. Was that yeah, this is this is just fucking annoying. I mean, in almost respect, every way like, I can think of. I, yeah, I'm not going to call Julian Castro Julian, but I'm yeah, not going to yeah. go Julian Castro. I'm not going to because yeah, I'm not going to say hey, let's go over to ta- let's go over to Taco Bell and have some fajitas. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, I just don't. I just yeah. It's it's, it's just it's fucking it's obnoxious. Annoying. It's obnoxious. It as really hell. is yeah. like obnoxious on levels. All right. Yeah. Speaking of obnoxious, <laughs> there's been a lot of. And it's been interesting, and you know, maybe I'm following it more than I should. I don't know. Um, I, I, part of it is because I don't have Facebook and I don't have Twitter, so I'm actually reading things. Yeah, you're better off. That are not bullshit, you know. But yeah. I'm finding that there's a lot of bullshit out there, and one of the things I notice is, is that there's. Uh, I mean, did you? We talked about this. Did you ever read White Fragility? No. The Robin D'Angelo book. Nope. Okay, because. Uh, like I said, I read it, and I read it so you didn't have to, you know, all that kind of shit. I, I appreciate that sacrifice. But but one of the things that today's, I believe, says, and this is, I thought about this for a while, and I've been listening to some podcasts and this kind of stuff, and this perspective really hit me, is this is one of my I believes. Um, I believe that Robin D'Angelo looked in the mirror, saw that she was deeply racist, and decided that she was looking into a mirror of society Instead of just herself. And this is the thing about White Virginia, because I've looked over it again. I reread it, but I've looked over it again. And it really is this whole anecdote about what a fucking racist Robin D'Angelo is. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, let me give you an example. Because I was thinking about this, because I was like, going, kind of going back. It's like, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way at first. But, you know, she makes this big thing. It's like she ends up going to a school. Because it's a lot of anecdotes. The book is a lot of, like, here's how I dealt with racism badly. Yeah. A lot of it is that. And one of the things that she says that she went to school and the superintendent of the schools was a black man. And she writes, effectively, I couldn't believe that the superintendent was a black man. Now, that emphasis is my version of Latino. I'm just saying it like I think she's in her mind to say but. Like, this was, like, she basically was this racist that couldn't believe the black person could be a superintendent of a school. Robin and I thought about said that. Yeah, it's in her book. And I, and I thought about that, and I went, okay, because I know that's not been my reaction, because I've had, like, in my bizarre troubadour career... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ...of, uh, uh, like, all three of my actual bosses have been black, and I've never been surprised by any of that. Yeah, I... I mean, the manager, the, my general manager at the casino is black, Daniel Ash at WBEZ was black, and Sharon Hayes was my principal when I was a school teacher. And it's not like I went, I they, like, oh, hey, Don, we want to hire you. I went, what? I couldn't believe that the principal of this middle school was black. I'm all right. And that is Robin D'Angelo, actually, that's something that she talks about, is that she, she was really freaked out about now, I, that. I now, I know nothing about this woman, and I'm going to have to actually dive in and like find out about her oh, history. And, but she's so here's a story that fucking I heard. Hubbard. This is Scientology <laughs> is what it is. I, I, I heard a funny story 
um, when we were down with uh, Katie's parents a couple weeks ago over the 4th of July weekend. And the story goes that when my mother-in-law was a kid, um, her younger, the baby brother, the, the, the baby of the fam, the four kids, he was maybe like four years old. And they had watched Sesame Street, you know, and then they were like, went out somewhere and you know there's not a lot of um potential superintendents or black people um in central illinois where my wife's (laughs) family's from and so they don't see them a lot it's not part of the everyday like it is for us you know being in chicago and yep right so when the kid was like four years old they're out somewhere and they saw another another kid who happened to be black this black kid and my, you know, Katie's uncle at four years old pointed at the kid and say, hey, he's from Sesame Street. Because in his world, the oh. only black, a black kid was on Sesame Street. Well, that must be the kid because that's the only other place he's seen a black kid. So they have to be the same person because the kid's four, yeah. you know, sure. and I think that that like that's a cute like, oh, isn't that isn't that funny? Haha, adorable. Yeah. But like he didn't. He'd never seen another black person. So well, maybe see, that kid, that kid, twenty-five years from now, will get fired from his job because he said that. Well, no, he won't because he works in a. There, there's just no, nobody cares. There's no black people there. There's nobody. They, he, it, they will in twenty-five years. Trust me, in twenty-five years, they'll just fire him from his job because he said that once. Uh, Welcome to cancel culture, my friend. That's how it works. Cancel culture doesn't go south of I eighty, buddy. It does nah, not. you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you are not. so wrong. Not it's everywhere. They've canceled. It I mean, will. They canceled J.B. Pritzker, but that's about it. There, no, there's more. But anyway, but like, how does this woman? I mean, has she just never seen successful black people? Like, black people in charge? Was that her shock? Because, or is she a four year old who doesn't know the difference between actors but, and real dude, people? Dude, I am telling you, what she is. Not is that she's actors aren't so, real people, but you see what I mean. She's she's a sociologist, and it's their Fuck, job man. to kind of try to hold the mirror up to all of society. And she has made it, she's made a fucking killing. I mean, she's making more fucking money than the, you know, hand of God. All because she's created this Gordian knot that says, you are white, and so you're racist. And if you say, yes, I am, and you'll never not be. And if you say, no, I'm not, then, no, you're fragile. You're really still racist, though. But you're worse because you don't admit it. I mean, it's just like a Gordian knot you can't cut through because it's like, what the fuck? There's no, you know. So anyway, in my reading about uh, about some of this stuff, you know, yeah. just some of this, I've, I've written about how I really do see uh, critical race theory. One of the things I told Dana, and I was thinking about this, like, it's like if if there's a if there's a racist American coin, <laughs> the the American coin. Of racism. Is this like a collector's coin that they sell like on infomercials no, early Saturday no, this mornings? Is, this this is a coin the devil buys your soul with. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Like on an one AA side chip. of the coin, yes. Gotcha. On one side of the coin is white supremacy. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the coin, coin is Robin D'Angelo and critical race theory, <laughs> because they are both equally as divisive and fundamentally racist just on the other side of that coin but they're constantly were but they're still the same fucking coin and i it's fascinating to me and so i was thinking about this theory that i have about the devil's coin of racism then i started really doing some research just kind of reading up about a lot of the diversity issues some of these diversity issues are insane i mean like yeah 
they're insane. You know, people are making millions of dollars basically going to organizations to say, white people, you're the worst people ever, and you never will be better, and this is how we're going to deal with it. You know, it's like, but I, I landed on the National Museum. This is a Smithsonian Museum. Mm-hmm. National Museum of African American History and Culture. Mm-hmm. Which is actually a really nice museum. It's a great museum, and, and you know, it's like I love it. It's great, um, but they have a whiteness exhibit. It's an exhibit on whiteness, and as you pointed out, this was uh, this was written in 1990. But this is one of the handouts that when you go to their whiteness exhibit, they have a handout yeah. that they give to anybody that walks in the door. It is called Aspects and Assumptions of Whiteness and White Culture in the United States. Okay. And I thought, all right, this yep. is a primer. This is okay. And so here's what it says before it gets into the meat of it. White dominant culture or whiteness, bolded, refers to the ways white people and their traditions, attitudes, and ways of life have become normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the United States. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we have all internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of color. And then there is, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve areas of whiteness, and 52 specific points. And I looked at this, and I thought, it. you know, I wonder how white I am. I mean, yeah. if, this is, if this is the broad stereotype of whiteness, if this is what whiteness is comprised of, this is normalized white culture, it occurred to me, I wonder how, I mean, do they all apply to me? And right. then I went, well, wait a minute, I have an ape cast. And while, while Jewish is still white... Yeah, you know you're Jewish, so you get a you get a claim you get a claim Jewness, uh, you know. So I don't know, I don't know if that applies to you. So I thought we would take a quiz. Okay. Yeah. And I want you to keep track. So every time, like, get a pen, and and every time one of these things absolutely applies to you, um, you're going to give it a you know a check mark or something like that. And at the end, we'll add up the check marks to see, according to the National Museum of African American. History and culture, how white the two hosts of the ape cast are. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Uh, all right, fuck, so. Man, the, why right, are we so, doing this? Because I'm fascinated by this whole thing. I think we need thing. to. I, I, this thing needs to be picked apart. Like, I. I, I well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to see if we apply. Okay, so. The yeah. first section, the first section is entitled. Rugged individualism. Now, understand, these are things that, and I want you to keep in mind, these are things that white people embody. And because these are white people things, it is implied in the document that people of color do not embody. These are not natural things. Well, no, what it's saying is that um, we have all internalize some aspects of white culture, including people yeah. of color. So what it's so saying it's is that nat- even these things, it's unnatural for them. It's unnatural. It's unnatural. Exactly. To people do these of color things. Unnatural. Do not, this is not a good thing for them. This, this has is been not, forced this goes upon them against, by. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, so the first one is the individual is the primary unit. 
Would you say that the for you, David Himmel, the individual is the primary unit? Because I mean, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say for me yes. I'm, I'm when I talk about things, I look at the world from my own perspective. I am an individual. I own my own actions. I am responsible for my own actions. If I commit a crime, I should I should pay the price. I am the individual unit. That is how I look at things. Okay, see, I would look at that as. Maybe because um, I try to see holistically and I try to look beyond just myself, but I'm also, it's, it's me. Like I have, to, I have to do it. So I'm, I'm primary because everything begins and ends with me because it's, it's me. So, There's no so way around gonna, it. So you're going to take that one. You, that, is, that, that applies to you. Yeah, but it's a loaded question. No, no, no. no we're not going to do the loaded question. This is, this is we, the, we're going to take the National Museum of African American history and culture at their word. This is defined. This is canon. I, mean, I could say okay? that my pr- the primary unit for me is my family, but I'm a part of that, and it, be- it begins with but me, you're right? Because it begins with you. Okay. So, uh, second thing is self reliance. Would you say that you value or it, part of your cultural outlook is that you are self reliant? I'm going to say no on that one. I think that I I do benefit from. It's not to say I'm helpless, but I do benefit from uh, relying on other people, working with other people. That I try to find yeah. and cultivate um, friendships where we can help each other. I don't want to use people, but you know, like where where are my weaknesses? Where are your strengths? Where are my strengths? Where are your weak? Like, let's work this together. So I don't think it's so self-reliance. That's interesting how you how you interpreted that because my interpretation of that was I thought neither one of us made that grade because we both have. Uh, family members and parents that if the shit hit they're paying the bills they're yeah, gonna help us out there's that too they're yeah. gonna help us out you know i mean yep. it's like even yep. dana and i were talking about the covid and all this stuff and what if i lose my job and she mentions her mom you know which she would she'd be happy to help us out yeah that means that we are well while we are tr- striving for self-reliance we actually are not wholly self-reliant yeah you, you're not gonna hit them up just because you're lazy or don't want to work. But yes, okay. when the shit hits the fan, you've got friends and family that can... So we can both say that, that that while we like self-reliance, no. that is not something that we we aspire to. Not We're exclusively, not no. Yeah. All right. Independence and autonomy is highly valued and rewarded. I know for me that is absolutely the case. I want my own independence. I like autonomy. In fact, when I go for a job... You know, it's uh, that that's what I want is give me my job. Let me do it. And then tell me. So uh, that is definitely me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take that one, too. OK. All right. But here's here's I just OK. We've got to pause yeah, yeah, because yeah. independence and autonomy, highly valued. And re- <clears throat> I don't know what the reward is for that. But OK, like, you know, I think that you and I are both we like our independence and autonomy in our jobs, in our marriages in our relationships our friendly relationships and all that stuff but um you know if we think back to what's it been now five years ago four years whatever it's been when i wrote the manifesto about what ultimately became littered ape to you you know that wasn't autonomy i didn't choose to go out and do it myself i reached out to you and was like let's work together on this thing and yeah, then but within we- that working together we have our autonomy but we value, you know, yeah. in terms of either these are our cultural memes. We yeah. value know, what is rewarded. Like what? Hey, you did it I all by know. yourself. Here's a cookie. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the next one is individuals assumed to be in control of their environment. Quote, you get what you deserve. Absolutely not. 
Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't, I, I've never I've never looked at that. In fact, the idea of controlling your own environment is is it's, it's just a delusion. Well, it's yeah. a delusion. You nobody and and the, also the concept of anybody deserving either bad things or good things we don't deserve anything we either earn it or we don't but yeah. that's my perspective so yeah i can't say i yeah, yeah i'm with you on that sometimes you we wanna, get more than we deserve sometimes we get screwed out of things yeah yeah that's so you the environment take the sec- we can't control you want to take the second uh section yes yeah, so the second section is family structure so the first point is the nuclear family father mother 2.3 children is the ideal social unit i can say definitely not um, I have no children. Um, I only have one sister, so that's two. Um, and my mom was frequently not married. And when she was married, she was married multiple times. So I could definitely say that from a, a an aspect and assumption of whiteness, that does not fit me in on, on either my upbringing or my current life. How about All you? Right. Yeah, um, my, my upbringing was mom, dad, and th- three brothers. Um, okay, so your upbringing fits the fits the fits that model, sure. I I am married. I do have a yeah. kid. Uh, we probably won't have more than two. I think the plan is two kids, and unless all right, so there's so an it's accident. Close, it's close. It's closer for you than it is for me. So I'll let you decide whether or not that means that you take the, you take that point or not. I'm not taking that point because it doesn't fit anything that I've done See, in my life. I, I think and be the judge here, but. The way that it's worded makes me want to say no. The nuclear family, father, mother, 2.3 children is the ideal, ideal social, social unit. unit. Yeah. I, I love my wife. I love my family. I love my upbringing. But I'm also a really big proponent of be fucking single. Don't have kids. There's no ideal. It's ideal for what you want and what some... I, I'm going to say no on this one because I don't believe right, it's you, you an ideal the, social unit. This is our honest perception. Yeah. You, you take your, yeah, you take it out. All right. So keep going. All right. So uh, the next one, husband is breadwinner and head of the household. Um, that is, I mean, that is okay. For me, um, the first part is currently true, but it mm-hmm. has not always been true. Right. You know, I mean, right now I'm making the money. Dana's not working. Um, there was a period when we were here in Vegas where, Danny was paying all the bills because I didn't have any jobs, so we mm-hmm. and we were fine with that. Yep. Um, I know for a fact I am definitely, even if I really wanted to be, not the head of this household. Yeah, I can't. I can't even get the goddamn refrigerator. Our refrigerator looks like a fucking hoarder house. I mean, there's so much <laughs> shit. I can't even find. It's like I, I dumped this morning. I opened up the refrigerator to get some orange juice. And shit fell out of the refrigerator that uh-huh. I had to clean up just to get orange. So I am definitely not the head of the household. Yeah. Um, growing up, um, dad was a breadwinner. Mom worked sparingly. She was a model and a spokesperson, things like that on occasion. Um, I, but fuck, whatever that was. Uh, now, no, I'm not. I, currently, I'm the breadwinner. Last year, I was not. Katie made a shit ton more money than I did last so, year. So, so neither, this doesn't apply to either one of us. No, we and don't. I'm sure as fuck not head of the The fucking dog is closer to the head of the household than I am. Yeah. 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 So, All no. right. Uh, next one. Wife is homemaker and subordinate to the husband. No. Uh, yeah, I mean. No. Not close. Not even close. No. I, there's parts of Katie My mom wasn't that. My my mom was a homemaker. See, um, my mom was well. My mom was the breadwinner and the homemaker and yeah. The fucking, your mom was all of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 
I mean, Katie is just a homemaker, like domesticated as much as we each have our things that we do to make the home. Um, but she is sure as fuck not subordinate to the husband. No, not taking this one either. Yeah, all right, all right, so we're so right. far we're we're zero for three on this one. On this one, we're zero for three. The family and we've structure. got one more. Yeah, Ch- children should have own rooms and be independent. I'd say yes for me. Um, I, my mom. That thing is, I had to be independent because my mom worked. So when I was a child, I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't really say. That, but when I was a kid, I was learning how to make food for my sister before I was eight. Yeah, you know, I mean, and we had our own. I mean, at first, we didn't have our own, but the goal, the goal was always that we had our own rooms. Mm-hmm. We were independent. Yeah, um, you know, Kate and I are house hunting right now, and the big thing is. Kids need their own rooms. They need their privacy. They need to be with themselves and their thoughts and they're quiet and big on independence. We're already... Very white of you. Very white of you. It is okay. very white of me. Yeah. So yeah. that one I'll take. So we both got one out of those four. Yep. All right. Third section. Emphasis on scientific method. <laughs> because apparently people of color do not naturally emphasize scientific method and prefer voodoo. Um, well, that's so, Africa. Duh. So uh, the first one is objective, rational, linear thinking. And I would say as a goal, yes, that is absolutely. I take that one. Yes, I think objective, rational, linear thinking is, is exactly the kind of thinking that I would uh, not always. I don't always do it, but I think it's definitely a goal. It's uh, it's it's Vulcan, if not white. And there you go. And I will take it. I will take yeah. that one. Cause and effect relationships. I actually, yeah, I do believe that that, that that the relationship between cause and effect is pretty, it's pretty objective and rationally. It's pretty linear. inescapable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's kinda, yeah, I'm, kinda, all, yeah. I'm also going to take that one. Quantitative emphasis. So sort of, uh, that is, that, that I, would, I would interpret that from a scientific perspective as um, an emphasis on data quantitative because qualitative is subjective quantitative is hard math so it's basically saying that 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 when you emphasize quantity then what you're really doing is you're looking at the hard numbers and i say yes that totally fits me i yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna take the yes on this one but here again here's another caveat like it's not always quantitative there is time and appropriate uh, appropriate moments when emotion when it should be the qualitative emphasis but not always. Um, but not always. But, but for yeah, the I mean, most my, part, my, my, my default setting is, is quantitative. The journalist in me, it's a, it's a quantitative emphasis, yeah. All right, keep going. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's, we're three for three on that one. All right, so this is history. This section is now history. It is <laughs> based on Northern European immigrants' experience in the United States. Like, I'm not even sure what that's trying to say that our American history, that my personal our, history, our history is predicated on the idea of Northern immigrant. And I, 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 you know, I can't deny that. I mean, it's like my, my, my forefathers, you know, my ancestors were from fucking Ireland and, uh, you know, so sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, that's I'm, the, that's the problem. This is the loaded question because this is the, that just defines assumptions what, of whiteness. Of well, white, if of your white parents people. are white, you've got white aspect. Well, okay. Yeah. All right, I, next one. I, well, I'm going I'm to say no on that one for me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying yes on that one just because I, 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 I mean, it's not like I, I own or, or, 
have a cultural affiliation with Irish. I'm yeah. just Irish, but I, you know, I say I'm Irish, but uh, you know, I've never kissed a Blarney Stone, and uh, I'm not redheaded, so no, maybe, maybe not. I don't care. Yeah, I've I mean, never, maybe I've I never been to war it? with the British. Uh, you know, I'm neither Protestant or Catholic, but you know, whatever. I'll, I'll no IRA in my blood, but I'm Irish. So okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the hit. I mean, I'm thinking about my history, like my family's lineage, and we've got. German, Russian, British, and Ashkenazi all, Jew, whatever that is. So that's I, all Northern European. Yeah, I guess I got to take that one. It's stupid, but I guess I got to take it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Okay. All, all right, right. So the next one is a heavy focus on the British Empire. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have any kind of focus on the British Empire. I mean, I know about it. I've heard of the empire, but I don't. It's not like I go, oh, hey. Uh-huh. Have you heard? I've, I've got a heavy focus. Have you ever British had Empire. a crumpet? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good eye. Ever heard of the spice? Good A. That, well, I guess that would be British Empire. You're right. Yeah, the British Empire. That's British yeah. Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to Canada, but I don't know. All right. Uh, <laughs> the third one is the primacy of Western Greek, Roman, and Judeo-Christian tradition. Yes, I'm going to take that. I I appreciate the. Uh, Primarily, primarily the Greek-Roman thing. It's like I, I, the philosophers of Greece and Roman, uh, you know, Socrates, Plato, Socratic method, um, Pythagoras's theorem. Yes, but, I'm but have you say read the Art of War? Like that's an influence. I mean, well, yeah, that I have read it, but at the, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take it. You don't have to. I'm going to take well, it. Well, I, see, I, I'm, I'm going to take it too because I don't know how I can't like. But it does kind of paint us into a corner. Yeah, it's to, this much. is a total painting in the corner. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're white, hi- then you have aspects of whiteness. Yeah, the, the, uh, the history is sort of like, are you white? Yeah. Okay, that's one. Are you yeah. white? Yeah. Are your parents yeah. white? Do you have any are, brothers are you, are or you, sisters? You, yes. Are they white? Are you white? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. F- uh, fourth section: Protestant work ethic. <laughs> hard work. I'm assuming this is you would agree. This hard work is the key to success. Mm, I would not agree with that. I would not agree with that either. That, and it does not really apply to my life either. Hard success work is, is important. It's hard important, work, but, but success, you can bumblefuck your way, you know, fall backwards into success. I mean... Dude, I work my ass off, and if successful is I'm making half as half what I made when I was working for NPR in Chicago, yeah. I'm not successful. So hard work is often not the key to success. Luck and yeah. who you know is usually the yes. key to your success. But Donald Trump is successful. Did he ever work hard a day in his fat a, fucking stupid life? Not no. a day in his life. Alright, second one, work before play. I agree with this one. I'd say that applies to me. Work before play, I gotta if I don't if I don't do the job and I'm not productive in some way, it depends on what, you know, how you define work, then I can't say I'm gonna go off and relax and get drunk and that kind of stuff. So work before play applies to me. In in my perfect version of myself, it would be work before play. And I'm pretty good at it, but not always. Sometimes I say Fuck it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to work today. I'm just going to go play. Or I'm just going to sit on my ass and do nothing and watch fucking TV or watch, you know, eat my toenails. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to take it because ideally I, I would I would put all work before play. All right. Good. And the last one is, quote, 
if you didn't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. And I disagree with that. I totally, that does not apply to me. It's uh, not about working hard. It's sometimes your goals involve other people. So it's right. a cooperative goal. So it's I'm, about I'm that controlling not, the environment again. Yeah, that, that, that's, I, that, that doesn't matter. All right, let's burn, burn through some more of these. Jeez. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next section is yay, religion. Oh, my favorite. Okay. Christianity is the norm. No. Not where I grew up. I mean, it not, wasn't not the norm. It was just... It's just a thing. It was it's, as normal as anything else. It was as normal as Judaism. It was as normal as... Uh, well, I guess that's all I knew growing up. <laughs> there you go. So, you, so, well, so I guess Christianity Hindu, was Hinduism. Hinduism. I knew a yeah. lot of, of Hindus. So I yeah, no, it was as Buddhists. normal as the other. So who gives yeah. a fuck? No, I'm not yeah, taking yeah, that so one. I'm not taking that one. All right, next one. All right, religion. Uh, anything other than Judeo-Christian tradition is foreign. No. Nope. Not going to say that. And uh, finally, no tolerance for deviation from single God concept. I'm going to say no because I don't. No, because I don't believe give in a God. Fuck. I don't. Well, care. I don't believe in God necessarily. So the idea of a single God. I mean, you could have fifty gods. It doesn't matter to me. I don't. If if fifty gods is more realistic or more than one, it, none of it. It's like saying, hey, yeah. I believe in I believe in the single fairy aspect. Mm-hmm. Or the fifty fairies? No, they're not. Fairies don't exist. So I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, so no. The God, the God thing is, is interesting for me because I, you know, I grew up believing in God and engaging with God in the ways that I that I did, and you know, I'm I'm agnostic, I guess, because I can't prove or dis like I. <laughs> there's a really good chance that there is no God. But there's also a chance that there. Fuck, I, I don't fucking know. But I also don't know how to not believe in God. I think that if I had not grown up in the household that I grew up in, I might be able to be like, no, there's no God, and that's fine. I don't know how not to. So it's this thing that's stuck with me, and I'm so fine. Maybe, and I'm fine with that. So maybe that's a yes for you. But it's not because I have absolute tolerance for the possibility or the other people believing that there's like i just i don't care i don't know see, and my, i'm fine see, with ab- whatever i have no tolerance for any god concept oh so yeah. so well, you know, I, I have total like, tolerance whatever. for polytheism I mean, so i'm not i'm not it. taking that no one. i'm fine with it i just don't believe it i think it's all you know it's like all right if you believe in star wars is uh your your guiding principle i'm fine yeah. with that. i don't give a shit doesn't matter to me yeah i'm not i took all right i took nothing in that one let's burn through this status power and authority um, let's just nail these fast. All right. Wealth equals worth. No. Nope. Your job is who you are. Nope. Nope. Respect authority. Fuck you. Pretty much not. I yeah. mean, yeah. No. Uh, heavy value on ownership of goods, space, and property. Now, you're nope. buying a house, so maybe you're buying a house. No. But I don't you have don't a heavy it. value? No, I have a value because I need a place to live, and I'd like a place for my... All right kids to grow up and yeah but no it's not a heavy value fuck it no all right next one all right future future orientation do you plan for the future yes yep although katie accused me today of not doing that but okay um Uh, you know you don't have to take it future i'm I'm taking it because i it's your whiteness you know i plan for the future the way i plan for the future which is not the way that katie plans for the future future. you're not living just in yeah you're not a grasshopper you're an ant i'm taking it yep uh delayed gratification I'm fine with that, yes. Totally fine with that, yep. 
Uh, progress is always best. Which, by the way, I just want to point out, I have to remind you that if we say, yes, delayed gratification is a sign of whiteness, that means that black people have to have immediate gratification because right. they don't understand or they don't understand the concept of the delayed gratification. So what this is saying is that black people are two-year-olds. That's what they're saying. Yeah. It's really it's okay, fucking keep going, insane. Keep going. All right. Uh, progress is always best. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking that one. And tomorrow will be better. Yes. Ooh. And it, see, I always, you know, I'm the optimist. You might not yeah, take that one. I'm not I'm taking that one. I'm definitely taking that because I always believe tomorrow's going to be better than today. I'm not. Th- it's two, another days, one of, two days from now might another, be better. But. It's, one of, <laughs> it's another one of the Jim Jeffries jokes that I really, really liked in this special. Um, he makes the point that he says, okay, you know, yes. He said, today's young people are the most progressive generation that has ever come before it. And guess what? So is the generation before you. Mm-hmm. And the generation before them, that's what progress is. You're nothing fucking special. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. It's good. Yeah. That's good. All right, next one. Time. Follow rigid time schedules. Uh, yeah, that for me, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have places to go and appointments to meet. So Yeah, I, yeah I, I, you know. Take it. And time viewed as a commodity. For me, yes. Yes. I always want more time. Yep. If that's a white thing, I'm totally white. And apparently... Time um, is my albatross. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The, yeah. All right. Next All right. one. I love this. So, I love this one. <laughs> Aesthetics. Uh, are your aesthetics based on European culture? Not specifically, no. Yeah, I'm not taking that one either. Because, well, because most of my aesthetic, if you really, if I were to like to look really look at my aesthetic, uh, it is either jazz or rock and roll, and neither of those are European. They're cultures, very American, so. right? Yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, this steak and potatoes, quote, bland is best. No. No. No, that's, it, that is such a terrible stereotype. It's okay. ridiculous. Uh, women's beauty based on blonde, thin, or quote-unquote Barbie. Nope. No. Fuck. My wife is thin, but she's not blonde. I mean, she was blonde when I met her, but it was fake blonde, so yeah, I does did, that count? I've always had a thing for brunettes, so yeah. there. Suck a fart out of my ass. All right. I mean, uh, I, I mean but, I'll be honest with you. Melanin turns me on, so it always has, but whatever. Yeah, man, I... Did I ever tell you about... No, we'll save that one. All right, save it. Man's attractiveness uh, based on economic status, power, and intellect. No. Not for me. I mean, that's I mean a, exactly. It's like, you know, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, 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 and honestly, if, if, Dana's, if Dana was to fit that and used me, as like my, You'd be my economic status, power, and intellect is really not... Huh. I'm a dipshit. I have no power, and I work... You know, at a casino. Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. 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 Yeah. That's a that's a zero for three. All right. This holidays. Is, this is another one. That's <laughs> yeah. Holidays based on Christian religions. Well. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Fuck, man. Okay. Christmas. I don't really do Easter. Easter. But, okay. Well, but you still get them off. Like it's still a yeah. holiday. That yeah. And and based and this is another one of those <laughs> like, are you white? Yeah. Okay. So you're white. Based on white history and male leaders. Yeah, yeah that's, I can't. What what other fucking holidays are there? I get President's Day off. It's not my fault. This country was founded by white men. What the fuck yeah. do you want from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name name a bunch of you know. It's like Suffragette Day. I fuck I off. I mean, shit, dude. That's not me, even a day. Give give us a Sacagawea Day or a Sojourner Truth Day. Give it to us, please. Uh, hey, if they I, deserve if it. I, if I get off work, I'm doing it. Right. Um, All right. 
Next All one. Right. Justice. No. Oh. Uh, yeah. Based on English common law. Absolutely. Well, the unless... Constitution of, the Constitution of the United States and our legal system is based on the Magna Carta, yes. Yeah. If, okay. you've, if you believe in, our, in, in, in the idea of justice, due process, uh, prosecution, uh, uh, innocent until proven guilty, yeah. Yeah, there's no way to escape it. Unless you're in Louisiana, which is, uh, they go by Napoleonic law. Sure, you know, so, and, so and, there's that. Or, but yes, I or mean, you want to do the Shirley Jackson, you want to do the Shirley Jackson lottery, yeah, right. you know, or Survivor Stones, you know, t- yeah, opening we stones. We have no way around it. The federal I'm, law I'm is based on English common law. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So the next one is protect property and entitlements. I don't. I don't know. I mean. I mean, it's okay to protect property, but that shouldn't be the... Pro- I mean, I've never felt like property was like the highest goal of protection. It's like, you know, I'd rather protect my wife, and she is not my property, despite right. my patriarchal uh, band name. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking that one. Uh, here's a fun one. Intent counts. Absolutely. That was mine. I'm taking that one. I absolutely believe intent counts, and it counts... And anybody that doesn't think intent counts as a child is an idiot. Well, I think here's where it gets cloudy, I'm sorry. Though, is if there's a, a, if I accidentally kill somebody, like if I'm a kid, right? And I, we're, we're, you and I are, we're kids and we're playing and like we're playing with, with pillows or whatever, making a pillow fort or something. And we're smothering each other like, haha, playing around. And you accidentally, or I accidentally smother you to death. I didn't mean to kill you. Do I, should I still go to prison? Yeah. Yeah. But not for as long. I mean, the thing about it is, right. it's, it's okay. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's Derek yeah. Chauvin. You know. Okay. Yeah. So well. let's go. Let's use Derek Chauvin. If Derek Chauvin, Derek Chauvin killed him, there's no question he killed George Floyd. But if Derek, and so we know that. Yeah. But if Derek Chauvin knew him, and they had fought at work, and disliked each other, mm-hmm. and then he killed him on the street. Mm-hmm. That intent's got to matter a bit more, and yep. that's first-degree murder. And not, you know what I mean? I yeah. think intent always matters. I was always afraid you were going to go the other way with that. I was going to say, nope, I that motherfucker. Okay. All right, good. No, no. Good, good, that, good. In, intent always matters, in yep. my opinion. All right. Yep. Next section, competition. Competition. Be number one. Nope. Not no. that. It's not that I, important to me. I mean, it's Win nice, it all. But... Yeah. It's fine. Win yeah. at all costs. No. no. Winner-loser dichotomy. No, nope. I'm not Donald Trump. Uh, action orientation, yes. What exactly does that mean? That means I've, I'm focused on doing things rather than sitting around thinking about them. I want to think about them and then do things. Oh, yeah. Get up off your ass. Get up off your ass. Don't I'm, just I'm read the that. fucking secret. Go on auditions and yeah. try to be... Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. Master yeah. and control nature. And I, I can say no because I'm not stupid. Yeah, No. You can't control nature, and you can't master nature. Nature is fucking nature. It's designed to kill you. Yeah, what are you, fucking Cobra Commander? Exactly. Must always do something about a situation. Nope. Guilty. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so I'm guilty of that. I always got to do something. Now, I think that sometimes you just have to let things play out, which could be doing something. Doing nothing and letting it play out is a choice, and that is doing something. But That's a no, choice, but I got I to... Gotta, I, I know for me... My white white maleness, yeah, sure, sure. I'm not, yeah, Aggr- I'm not taking that one. Aggressiveness and extroversion. Yep, that's me. But apparently, black men are neither aggressive or extroverted. I wonder how Kanye feels about that. 
Yeah. Um, or George Foreman. Or Colin Kaepernick. Or Sammy Davis Jr. Or... Right. Give me a fucking break. That's stupid. Michael Jordan. Yes. Tommy, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, I'll okay. take it. I'm going to take it. I'm aggressive and I'm ex- extroverted. Decision making. I, I, well, I, I've, oh, I'll, yeah. You're I'll still on the fence. Aggressiveness and extroversion, I guess. I mean, I go back and forth. Okay, I'll take yeah, it. You're, Fuck it. I don't know I'll if I would it. take that for you, but okay. No? All right. Then I won't. <laughs> I think you, I you think just you tell can, yeah. me. Just tell me what to do. I. Hmm. Oh, this hey. next one is appropriate. Decision making. Decision making. <laughs> Definitely know. yes for me. Definitely yes for me. Uh, what what would you, what do you think about for me? Hmm. Should I take it? I don't know. Oh, I can't decide. Uh, and since you can't decide, there you go. No, I'm, gonna, I'm taking it because yeah. This ultimately, you have to make one. a decision. Yeah. Now here's it. We're gonna have to do this. Is this is gonna be a there's gonna be a call on the play here. Yeah. Majority rules in parentheses when whites have power. And see, my here's the thing. I believe majority rules. Whether the whites have power, or the blacks have power, or the women have, I think majority should make the majority of the people that are making decisions should make the decision. I've yes. always felt like it's like so. It that's the thing is. But then they had to tag on when whites have power. So I'm not. I I'm don't not agree with that. that. Yeah, I'm not taking. Yeah, I don't it. agree with that. I agree that majority should the majority should make the rules. But I can't agree to the caveat that only when the whites have power. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not taking. I mean, that it's one. so directly, obviously. And last yeah. one. All right, communication. The King's English rules. No, you've read no. my writing. Yeah. No. <laughs> I barely use basic grammar. <laughs> <laughs> written tradition yeah yes I'll take that one I'm not sure what they mean by that see I feel well, like all the of these idea, things are the loaded idea, in some a, way so I'm careful well they're all loaded but written traditions mean and you and I are both writers so of course yeah. we believe in the, the tradition of writing things down and reading things that's a thing we do yeah. the idea is that apparently black and brown people don't write things down they prefer to just sit on their fucking stoop okay. and tell each other stories and oh. I don't Right. No, written yeah. tradition versus oral tradition. Fuck off. Okay. I mean, yeah, either okay. way, I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, communication, avoid conflict, intimacy. No, I like Absolutely conflict not. and I like yep. intimacy. That's not mine. Yep. Uh, don't show emotions. Nope. Nope. No, I, I can't don't. own that. I show all my fucking emotions. Yep. Usually they're anger or joy. Yeah. I'm. I used I'm to a, say that in. Complicated emo kid. So yeah, in in well in the Pixar movie Inside Out, where it's the little girl and all our emotions. Yeah. I only have the two. Yeah, I have rage and I have joy, and yeah. they they just dance around with each other all the right. time. Right. Uh, don't discuss personal life. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. Uh, be polite. I try really hard to be. So yeah, I'm I try to one. be polite, but I also think it's uh, it's it's again going with that flip side. If this is what whiteness it means, it means that that people that are not white just naturally aren't polite. What the fuck does that mean? It's a shitty right. thing to say, but I'm gonna take it because I try to be polite. But that doesn't make me a white person. Ah, fuck. This thing is off. It's fucking horrible. All right, I've tallied mine up. What do you got? So each point, each one that you did gets 2%. So multiply it by 2 and that's your percentage. 
Uh, well, hang so on. Give me, I, give me a few minutes to multiply. Yeah. Uh, I am only, according to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, I'm only 50% white. I am 46% white. See, you're even less white than me. Yeah. And that's because you're a Jew. So, you know, you get that angle. I mean, is that what it is? Like, I don't... I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, this is... I'm, I, this is just problematic. It's... Here, it's here. This is the worst personality test I've ever taken it, in my entire Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. And this is the thing. If there's anything that I can see about a lot of this diversity stuff, this Robin D'Angelo, this Ibram uh, Kendry, uh, Derek Bell critical race theory, the, the, th- the biggest issue that I have with this, and, it, and it, it, to me, this is why I say... If I'm gonna, if I sit to say, "Hi, David, we're the KKK, we're the David Duke uh, podcast," yeah. and our whole agenda is to show you how monolithic, culturally stereotyped black people are, uh, if you hold our perspective under any scrutiny at all, you can see what bullshit it is. That's why prejudice is kind of stupid and bigots are assholes. Yeah. Okay, flip it and say, "Okay, now we're gonna be bigoted assholes to white people." Hold it under any scrutiny whatsoever, and it, it is it is obvious what horseshit it is. And that oh. is the problem that I have with a lot of our diversity stuff. Definitely Robin D'Angelo's white fragility and all of critical race theory. So. Well, see, I, I saw it in the other way. I saw this thing as, you know, obnoxious in, in the opposite way, that it is belittling the choices and the, the nuance of individuals and, and families that... Rugged individualism. A, are, black people can't be self-reliant, and if they are, I, that means that's because of they've got whiteness because of white culture. It, so just, that is to say that in because this is the, the National Museum of African American, right? So that that is to yeah. say that those in Africa are not self-reliant until they come to America. Sounds a lot like white man's burden to me, or manifest Man, destiny shit. Like this is. And again, uh, this is the on. Smithsonian. This is the Smithsonian yeah, this is putting this out weird. to people. This is this really shit weird. Is, is is some cult think bullshit. And the I mean, <laughs> there is the oh joke in God. the time, like follow rigid time schedules. Well, because there's what is it? BPC or BPT? Black oh, people color, time or color, color uh, people time? Whatever people the, whatever time. that yeah, joke is. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come come on. This is just. It's it's just so stupid that any. I I just uh, yeah. I, I, I'm fucking flabbergasted. Clearly, I'm flabbergasted. I the 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 expanse of stupidity of this thing and the insult of of against the individual and the family unit for people of color or specifically African Americans is just it's fucking insane and and loaded like your holidays uh, based on the founders of the country yeah sorry but black people get president's day off too should should we get a fucking harriet tubman day yeah fucking we probably should yes we probably should uh, now i'm pissed you woke me up you woke me up from my calm i had a whole week of calm and you you fucking ruined it you ruined it don all right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Uh, my first thing uh, is, uh, you know what, it's going to be a read. 
Uh, this came out the other day uh, on July 15th. Uh, it's an article in the New York Times by Daniel Berger. White fragility is everywhere, but does anti-racism training work? Subheadline: Robert D'Angelo's bestseller is giving white Americans a new way to talk about race. Do those conversations actually serve the cause of equality? There you go. It's a read. Check it out. My first one is a watch. In fact, all three of mine are a watch. My first one is a watch. It is to watch Jim Jeffries' Intolerant on Netflix. It is rare. There are only two stand-up comedians that 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 I that I watch on regularity whenever they do a special that actually make. I mean, there's lots of comedians that I laugh. Kind of ha ha ha. Oh, that was really clever. That was really funny. There are only two that just fucking make me stop, pause the goddamn video, and laugh my fucking ass off. That is Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries. And this is his... It's so... The thing I want to say is not only is it funny, it is so meticulously well-written and well-crafted that I've watched it twice. Once to watch it, and the second time to watch how he crafted it so I can steal it. I love it. I love things like that, yeah. Yeah. So good. Cool. Um, All right, my next thing is a listen. Uh, It's listen to... uh, the artist Margot Price, uh, she had a new album come out earlier this week, um, or last week, I guess. Uh, That's How Rumors Get Started is the name of the album. It's, it's real mellow, but it's, it's beautiful. She has a beautiful voice. Her, her backing band is amazing. Um, but it's mellow stuff, so give it a go. Rock and roll. My second is a watch, The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. Um, it is a Netflix film. It is about a, a, a race of human beings that are immortal. They can get shot, and then they, you know, then they don't die, and they oh, are. They're like, immortal. Okay. Well, they're immortal. And they're like internet, but I mean, it's not like they, the bullets bounce off of them. They die, and then mm. they wake back up, kind of thing. And uh, they're as old as God. And one of the things I really liked about it, I like this movie quite a bit because they're like assassins or like do-gooder assassin type things. But uh, the love story in it, because you got, you know, if you're going to have a thing about immortal people, then you got to have a love story, right? Yeah. And the love story, and it is a really beautiful, wonderful relationship, is between, first of all, two men and a Palestinian and a Jew. No! It's a real, it oh, is a God. really fucking lovely, it's so good. Oh, I really God. like it. I really oh, like God. it. I mean, they're yeah. not actually Palestinian Jew because it's oh, before thank they God. were. Wait a they minute. were born and fought. They fought each other before they fell in love. Long before there was an Israel, but wait, are they played? Is the Palestinian played by a Palestinian, and is the Jew yes. played by? Oh, okay, because I was going to yes. go really angry. No, no, it is. There's right. no cultural appropriation in that one. And this isn't Hancock because it sounds a little like Hancock. Immortal this love is, story. No, no, okay. no, no. This is not. And Charlie's uh, right. Parent, yeah. No, this is yeah. no. The Will Smith. No, uh, no. Because I kind of uh, like Hancock. I think Hancock. I do. Is a I love good it. I think Hancock's film. a great movie. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. The Old Guard. Right. You got to watch the Old Guard. They're not right. superheroes. They're just immortal. I love it. Uh, so my next thing or my last thing is another listen. Um, Bob Nana, who is a Chicago local, he's a musician. Uh, if you don't know him, look him up. Um, huge punk rock emo guy in, in midwestern punk and emo um lead singer of the, the the band braid um which is one of my favorite bands anyway i'm a big fan of bob's shit and he's got his first solo album released under his own name he's done like projects solo projects under different names but this is the first one that he's released under his own name bob nana it's called celebration states 
and it's a breakup album. It's again, it's mellow, uh, but it's about his divorce that he went through and like going through the shit. And then at the very end, there's light at the end of that tunnel and he comes out of it. It's a, it's, it's great. So give that a listen. Bob Nana celebration states. All right. And my last is a watch that you have to rent because it would be in theaters, but we don't have theaters anymore. So you can rent it on prime or iTunes. But it is, uh, it is, uh, oh shit, now I can't think of uh, his name. Daily Show, John. John Stewart. Okay, thank you. Let me back up. I'll redo that. Mm-hmm. It is a watch. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, you can't see it in theaters because there are no more theaters, and you're going to rent it on Amazon Prime or iTunes. But it's John Stewart. He wrote and directed a movie. It's called Irresistible. It stars Steve Carell. And. Here's what I liked about this movie. And Rose Byrne. And Rose Byrne. Who's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It starts and it feels like a satire. And it tells you exactly what it's going to do. And then you watch this movie and for two hours it feels almost like a copycat of like a 1990s romantic comedy with a couple of like absurdist bits in it. But but it it feels like a 1990s romantic comedy set in in an election, a mayoral election in the middle of Wisconsin. Yeah. And and, and I have to admit it, but at one point I'm literally watching this movie going, I expected so much better from Jon Stewart. I mean, this is just sort of like cookie cutter. It's like, oh man, he's really past his prime. (laughs) And then the last 10 minutes, it becomes a satire of itself. It's brilliant. Mm. The ending makes it all worthwhile. It is such a great journey. I absolutely love this. I've I've thought about this movie ever since I saw it. Not because of the movie itself, but sort of this journey. And he kind of lulls you into this sort of, like, oh, okay, this is sort of this bland 1990s. I like Steve Carell. He's funny. Chris Cooper's good as the mayor. Mm-hmm. And then something happens and you go, you motherfucking <laughs> dick! You fucking got me. I love it. I ha- I highly recommend it. All right, there it is. All right, and, and that that's is the, the show. show. Don't be too white out there. Don't be too white by all means. And God. if you are, and if you are black, own please own your your lack of self reliance, your lack of objective <laughs> rational thinking. Do not oh. believe in hard work. No, but um, these, but they do have not that. respect authority. But they have that um, because they've been Americanized by our whiteness. That's absolutely do fuck. not believe that intent counts, um, and and always uh, uh, be be like don't avoid conflict. Be conflict and 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 avoid intimacy. Yeah, that's you know, don't be white because white is apparently the worst thing you can be. I, I think um, being it, it's it sounds like that uh, being Robin D'Angelo is the worst thing you can be because you're breaking America, girl. And that's the show. <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, it certainly is. We're gonna leave it at that because I was like, oh. <laughs> no, no. hey, oh, by the way, I'm gonna end the show with hey. this lead fart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That- it sounded so much cooler in my head. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so many things do. In Whatever. Mind. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. 
For more information about Literate 8, go to literate8.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.